Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Happy Monday again. Another beautiful week ahead of us. Get that grind on. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, our guest today is none other than Iris Rogers, owner of Homestead Hemp 1787. Uh, Iris started her business three years ago, growing hemp on her family farm that has been in her family since 1787. Um, she was able to grow hemp in New York State through the New York State Pilot Research Program prior to it becoming legal recreationally in New York State. Um, happy 420, by the way. This is the perfect episode for 420 since we are talking all things hemp. Um, there are a lot of avenues that are going to be opening up for her and many hemp business people now that marijuana is legal in New York. I know there's like this weird transition period and there are ifs, ands, and buts, but, um, you know, I'm just, because it's not my wheelhouse, I'm just going to go with it's legal and that's pretty tight. Um, Iris is the eighth generation now to farm that land and she's the first woman to do so. You'll get to know a lot more about Iris in this podcast. We really dig into like her backstory, um, where she came from, her philosophy uh, for doing business, and really how she's been handling these different um, bursts of attention that she's been getting, how she capitalizes on it. So yeah, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Um, just want to let you guys know that our summer blend is here, the all-day ADK blend that we have been loving so much for so long. Um is going through some changes. What we have decided to do is to shift the flavor profile of this blend seasonally. So if you haven't noticed, um, or if you're new to our community, All Day ADK has historically had two labels, and they're the same image of Indian Head in the Adirondacks. It's beautiful, done by Eliza Charbonneau. Um, and we have a summer version and a winter version. And we're really just sticking to labels, you know, just to kind of do something symbolic. But we decided that we don't see a lot of people taking the same blend and shifting ratios in that blend to express different flavor profiles. Um, and we really think that the current way that we have been blending this coffee really leans into cocoa and really feels nice and comforting for the winter. Now that we're moving into spring and summer, um, we actually are going to shift the ratio away from that cocoa and really highlight some of the more um, delicate, nuanced, sweeter notes in the coffee that come from the Ethiopian Guji in that coffee. So if you're not familiar with it, go check it out on our website, upstatecoffeecollective.com slash shop. Um, listeners of this podcast can save 10% on a bag of All Day ADK. Use code PODCAST at checkout. Save yourself 10%. We really appreciate you. Um, I don't like to plug too much stuff here, but if you like what you're listening to, uh, it does really help us out if you hit that subscribe button or the follow button or whatever it is. It helps more people check us out. It helps more people find us on these platforms. We really appreciate it. All right. Enough of this. Enjoy the conversation with Iris Rogers, owner of Homestead Hemp 1787. Welcome back 
to the Upstate Coffee Collective Podcast, where we use coffee as a catalyst for conversation. My name is Matt Pfeiffer, my co-host. Co-host. Kevin Kevin Miner. Today, (laughs) (laughs) when are we going to be done with that bit? It's never going to end now. (laughs) Remember when I was doing chips? For yeah, a while? I missed yeah, the we'll, chips we'll bring bit. that back. All right. Uh, our guest today is Iris Rogers. Yes, hello. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank You're you. Owner of Homestead Hemp. Yep. Yes. You nailed it. Nailed it. Mm. 1787. It. What's the that's deal right. with that? Is that a part of the name? Yeah, that's a part of the name, and I have it as a tattoo. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, because it's the date of uh, that my family farm was founded. So love that. 1787. That's a really cool way to take something authentic about like your family and yourself, and kind of like make it part of your story. Yeah. Which becomes part of your brand, not necessarily that seven. 1787 is the brand but right. like that's a really nice thing to include yeah you, know? you, ever, yeah. Get makes somebody, it easy. you ever get somebody joke like oh is that your birthday or whatever always Ugh, I, I'm, I'm a waitress at basin grill in schuylerville uh-huh. and constantly people are like were you born in 1787 i'm like do i Stop look it. like i was born <laughs> i'm the, <laughs> I'm the perky customer yeah. i'm funny uh, yeah and you know sometimes i'll play along but then other times when we're slammed i'm like can we not like, we could you please right just now? give yeah. me your order so I can go? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't have time to explain everything, everything to you yeah. right now. Right. So sometimes I'll just say, yep. And just walk away. Yep, yeah. I was born yeah. in 1787. What's this restaurant that you work at? Um, Basin Grill. It used to be Clark's Steakhouse. I'm sorry. You you are blowing up on <laughs> Lad Bible BuzzFeed. You have a hemp farm. You're a distressed farmer. You're right. a female <laughs> entrepreneur. And you're still pulling shifts. Yeah. Love still pulling Whoa. Shifts. Yeah. Well, because I still love, live with my parents. You know, starting a business. You don't make any money. in like thir- first three to five <laughs> oh, years. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yep. And we know. so I live with my parents and I love them. Okay. But I'm so desperate to yeah. move out. <laughs> oh, I so, bet. Um, yeah. What is that restaurant like? Real quick. Just oh, let's, let's get that out of the way. I've never really even heard like that place. Working is, there. It's a yeah? very pleasant place. Yeah. And it's like right on the water. So, what kind of food? Um, they ch- transitioned to seafood after the steakhouse because like the inflation with meat prices went up. So we transitioned to seafood. Oh, but cool. I really actually do enjoy working there. And with nice. everything going on, it actually is nice to just like step away from my life and like go and just like talk to people and talk about food yeah. and be outside and be near the water. Yeah, so there's almost great. that transition like work is a break from work is a break from, from work. work is yeah. a break from work. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, d- before we go any further, we need to ask this question. Um, just for the listeners, who are you? <laughs> How are you? And what do you do? Okay, yes. So I'm Iris Rogers and I'm 27. And uh, three years ago, I started my own business on my family farm in upstate New York. Yay. Um, Started growing hemp through the New York State Pilot Research Program. And my farm has been in my family since 1787. So I'm the eighth generation to farm it and the first woman. No big deal. Um, NBD. Yeah, NBD. So I started growing hemp three years ago. And then only just this past September, I was able to launch a brand product line Mm -hmm. using the seed. CBD that comes from my plants that are grown at the farm. Mm. So that's what I do. That's awesome. Which is great. Mm -hmm. How am I? I'm a little overwhelmed, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Yes, I'm blowing up, which is great. Um, um, So I went viral on TikTok with my my story about my family farm's missing deed. And... um, and then I had, you know, some good press. I had Lad Bible and everything like you had mentioned. But I'm a little overwhelmed because, yeah, TikTok can be very demanding and people are, like, demanding more from me. But right. I run a business and I work a waitressing job. Like, and I have to package orders and I have other things going on. So I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah. But I'm managing. <laughs> yeah, but you are managing it well. Thank you. If you could manage... Um, 
the explanation that I would like, there's a, there's like a six part video so far of this deed, right? There's 16, 16 now. <laughs> oh my God. I left off at six when I went into the crawl space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. there's been a lot more. Could, could you give <laughs> us like, um, for the listeners, could you give us like the reader's digest version of this deed debacle? Yes. Okay. Deed debacle. So basically the basis of the story is that my great grandfather, Albert used to keep the original 1787 deed. And I'm going to mm-hmm. pause here because everybody's like, Girl, just go to the clerk's office and get a copy. I do not need a copy. We have a copy. I want the original. Yeah. So the original was kept in a milk can by my great-grandfather, Albert, when we were a working dairy farm. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was kept in a milk can, and the story is that it went missing when it was accidentally filled with milk, the milk can, and sent out for delivery. And that's oh how we lost God. the deed. And so I've always heard this story growing. Well, I heard the story growing up, and directly actually from my mom who heard it from my grandma Nancy mm-hmm. and she was married to Cliff who was Albert's son okay. so it's like it's like telephone right and so I was like well did anybody look for it and everybody's like no I was like okay <laughs> well we're gonna look for it and so I started looking for it and I found kind of this series of all these other clues and relics that I thought were leading me to the deed yeah and then halfway about part six halfway through yeah. I was like no, there's some there's something different here. I don't know why you would do this for just the deed. We're looking for something else here. And so yeah. everybody's like, the deed, the deed, the deed. And I was like, there's there's something more hefty here. So I ended up continuing to find all the series of all these other clues. And I ended up finding a lithograph that was hidden in our barn, oh my which was God. an original Courier and Ives. What? Yeah. And actually, so there was this crazy story about my great-grandfather, Albert, purchasing three original Courier and Ives lithographs from a peddler at Dirt Cheap before he got famous. Wow. Whoa. He sold two and apparently kept one. And they can be worth up to 100000 thousand dollars so so thanks gramps yeah so wow. thanks for that. and you found it like you have it so in the interesting now. part was the one that i found was actually a reprint but the reprints are still valuable it was reprinted early so wow. the reprint is worth less but it's still very valuable oh my and God. so i started asking my family and i was like what is this all about and so that's how a story eventually did surface about elbert and the peddler and i was like well where is the lithograph if yeah. he kept one who has it and then it was like a real life treasure hunt in my family with everybody calling each other trying to figure out who had it, it oh was my wild. god we were all like where is it where is it where is it like does somebody have it and not know what it is and that's exactly what happened my cousin who lives in arizona had the lithograph in storage and it was handed down to her from her mother who is my aunt who i'm not even sure if my aunt knew what it was but my aunt carol who's yeah she so, she was the one who knew what it was but she was like i, I can't we don't know where it is and it ended up yeah. being my cousin in arizona who sent me a picture and she's like are you talking about this and i was like yes get Wait. it out of like it's 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 valuable so <laughs> you have a copy of the lithograph i have a copy of one and of the your lithographs. cousin has the original yeah so together in like a framed got- gold frame oh my like, god very official no. and as Stop soon as i it. saw it i was like that's it that is yeah. yeah wow but she didn't even know she was like you know my mom gave it to me i've had it in storage I, mm-hmm. she was like what is it i was like oh my god and so oh my god. <laughs> the logical next step here is you guys are going to go on antiques road show now no. yeah, oh my god <laughs> well it's funny i've been talking to a few independent film companies who are like have you considered making this like a tv show or yeah would you be on like hdv hdtv or history channel and i'm like i don't even know this has not finished yeah. so i was like i can't even think about that no, right that's now. exactly what ran <laughs> In my head though is like you have this story that is being concocted around you this like this mystery that yeah. a lot of us have seen uh, a version of on television right yeah. it's like so funny 
that like you're a real person that lives like in our town and this is happening to you like live right now right now like it is unfinished you're still in the middle of it middle yeah and and so i tried to wrap the deer i'm sorry i'm going on about this but no no no, no, i love it (laughs) i tried to wrap the series with the lithograph and the followers that i have were not having it and they were like take a break get get it get back to work (laughs) so now we're in the middle of the second season basically which is the medium series so i hired a medium i know yeah Yeah. and she's come and we're i'm basically have just been chunking up everything that she said and releasing that as the new season all right full disclosure Mm. i'm a total skeptic when it comes to that stuff what was it like with the medium though it was really cool i'm interested yeah it was really cool so i come from a very like strict christian family yeah so my my parents were like not really interested (laughs) and so they went to church and i had the medium come (laughs) 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 yeah and uh they got home from church as she was leaving yeah it was just kind of like a Right. Like a real, did they did they like eye each other? They said did good you? morning. Oh, and I nice. Was like, oh, no. I was, That's pleasant. My best friend was there, and I was like, "Whew, that was smooth transition." Okay, we're good. The Jesus um, be with you. Like, yes, it was very. But you know, you know, my mom. I had a good time talking with her about it because my mom, I think, is a little bit more like me, which is the spiritual side. Being like, okay. we, you know, she's Christian and everything, and I was raised Christian, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of a little bit more spiritual, thinking like we don't really know what happens after death. Okay, yeah. so nobody's right, yeah. and uh, nobody can know. And so I've had definitely very spooky things happen to me before at the farm. So it it Uh, made me interested to talk with a medium because I'm like, I've gotten feelings and things have happened before Mm -hmm. um, that are like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) you know, so when she came, there were things that she was not on about and there were things that she was extremely on about. So Mm. it's a variety. And some of those things are like, okay, well, you could have guessed that. And then some of the things that she said, I'm like, nope you would have no way of knowing that information and yeah. it was very specific. Yeah, she said something about like, there was like an old lady who had like teeth yes. problems yes. and like, yeah. So yeah. a couple of people in the comments had been like, oh, that's speculation of like old people problems. But what, and I agree, yeah. but what really got yeah. me was that she mentioned something about apples and actually yeah. I plan on doing a series on her because she has this whole story about how she escaped Germany in World War II. Oh my she God. She died like five times. So she has a wild wow. story, but she has this very specific way that she taught my mom and I how to peel an apple yeah. because she knew hunger during World War II and almost starved to death. Yeah. And when you peeled an apple, you didn't leave any whites on the peel. And wow. she used to smack my mother's hands and Whoa. she used to smack my hands if I left wow. too much apple on the peel or yeah. potato on the peel. <gasps> so that was considered being wasteful. Oh my God. And so we'd get in trouble for that. And when she mentioned that, I looked over at my best friend because my best friend knows that story too. And we were just both like, you're like, girl, that's her, dude. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. you don't so much own a plot of land as you own a plot device really yeah <laughs> that's apparently that's like a portal yeah a portal i know and she says she comes and she goes i'm like is this a portal to like the like, title of the podcast <laughs> he does this every episode every episode oh well I, I was gonna say something else earlier i was gonna as you were talking about like uh you know like cbd and growing stuff i was yeah. gonna go cbd mbd and ben- <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, they're both so good. They're so um, good. And be So, yeah. you, <laughs> apart from all of these stories, right? right. We could, any of these could be like a whole hour of us talking about them. Oh, yeah. But sure. apart from these, you yourself are interesting. And that's what we're here to talk about. Thank you. Um, you're, as I said, right? As I like said, casually winks at himself. On the camera. As I said earlier, uh, like to you in the kitchen, you, 
you were an upstate girl, right? Yeah. You you were living on a farm. You're out there in you know Salem, right. uh, Hebron, really. Right. Uh, and and then you go to the city and you become a model, and that's the movie that we all see. Right. And then you came back to run a farm, and that's the movie that we don't see. Right. So, can you take us? on that transition a little bit verbally sure. can you tell us that story of like going there coming back right yeah start now i'm kind of in between yeah i go to the city once a month so now oh, i'm great. like i'm like a i'm split 50 50 would you say it's here. a happy medium wow <laughs> wow that was it that's your cap <laughs> oh, on dad jokes right, are, are you done I'm are you done. good I'm never I'm done, done. Oh my God. No, I'm never done. Done. that's okay i'm here for it. i love dad jokes <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm for it. Okay. Right. So, um, yes. So I got scouted at a gas station when I was 18 out of Stewart's, which is why I'm so such a big advocate for them. And I try to throw them a bone when I came on, on TikTok because yeah, I love Stewart's. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I got scouted there and then I just not gotten into college for, um, the programs that I wanted to. And mm -hmm. when that modeling opportunity came up, I was like, well, why not? Cause I don't yeah. want to go to college just to go to college and I didn't get into any of the programs I wanted. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So right after graduation, moved to the city, modeled professionally for like a little over a year. Um, but that was extremely demanding. I was mm. never skinny enough. There were weight restri restrictions that I was not meeting like uh, a very big thing. And this has changed cause that was about eight years ago. But, um, a big thing was 34 inch hip rule basically, what? which like naturally at, even at the time as an 18 year old, I was, um, like a 36 inch hip. Yeah. And, and I, and it didn't have any fat on me even. So right. it was just like my bone structure, but they would measure me once a week. And I was just constantly not meeting the it inch hip thing. Oh and so God. after, and a lot of girls weren't, uh, after a year, uh, about a year of that, I was like, I have to go. So I auditioned. I saw an advertisement for SUNY Purchase, their like an opera program on the oh, side yeah. of like a bus stop when I was in Westchester. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. So I went to one of their operas and I sat through it and I was like, I want to do this. And I had been studying classically since the age of nine. Music. So, music. Yeah. Wow. So I had been singing classically since the age of nine. And I auditioned, you know, in high school for classical programs, but I did. Oh. Did not get in to any of these programs. One of the issues was, long story short, I had basically my own strain of strep throat on my tonsils and I was constantly sick. And so mm. once I got my tonsils removed, mm -hmm. I was like all better. And, and my voice sing. was better and I could sing better and I was more reliable and I was sick for all my college auditions. So I auditioned for SUNY Purchase and I got it. And they were like, yep, we love you. Let's go. You're in. And Whoa. I was like, okay. And it was a very selective program too. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to quit modeling. I'm going to go to college. Because I was like, I, I'm never going to be Which is not enough. what you hear. <laughs> yes. You no. hear the opposite all yes, the time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> People think that modeling is very glamorous and it is if you are naturally that thin. But if you're not, you have to watch everything that you eat. You constantly have to be working out. Yeah. You're going to like 20 castings a day and sometimes, you know, not booking any jobs. Like it's very, it's exhausting. It's demanding. Yeah. People don't really realize that. It's like so many other things that we have in our culture where like everybody looks at like the top one, two percent and they're right. like, oh my God, look at how right. that lifestyle is. And like there's, like the other 98% of the people in that profession that are like, it's not like that. And right. they're like, no, it is. It's Look. like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People, people were confused when I quit. And I was like, well, you don't, you don't know. I mean, it, just, it sounds <laughs> so mentally, yeah, yeah. so like mentally and emotionally arduous too. Yeah, it was. Oh, I yeah. mean, when I got to college, I was not eating. 
Right. I wasn't eating. And if I was eating, I was trying to throw it up. So, oh no. you know, so basically freshman year was an extreme transition between you go to freshman year and you're like nervous and trying to make friends anyway. Yeah. But I was like, hi, I, I want to make friends because I have none, but I also don't eat and I have to sing, you know, 10 hours a day. And, and nobody really oh knew God. that. So then me freshman year was trying to figure out like, okay, we have to be eating. Like mm-hmm. we're, this is yeah. a big issue. And other people were kind of like starting to notice. Like one of my best friends freshman year was like, you look not good. And I was like, oh. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> like I feel not good. Did yeah. you say that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> personal personal anecdote. I don't know if you remember um my so my wife is Mackenzie yes. Parrish. Yes. You guys have met, I yep. guess. Mm-hmm. So she is an, she's a huge advocate for eating disorder recovery. Yeah. yeah. She has also struggled with it as well and it's like so in our house it's like a really really big thing like it's, we we have a lot of like um, we put a lot of emotional energy into like that part of the world yeah um talking about it being open about it and yeah and the ways that you have to navigate that like slippery slope in your head yeah of um the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you measure and and score and you know everything has a value and if you do things the wrong way it's 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 really it's really tough I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's out of the recovery. Yeah, you know? she, yeah, she's yeah. spot on with that. The um, the voice in the head. Yes. that's what'll get you. <sighs> yeah. And as helpful as I'm sure you can be as a husband, like there's only so much you can do if the voice in her head is saying something else at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, so, your inner monologue oh, can really trick yeah. you into thinking so many things, and that's kind of oh, what yeah. modeling did. It was like over a year of being like, you need to be this, and then me getting to college and everybody being like, no, mm-hmm. and me being like, oh. Mm. okay so that's pretty much how that happened but then after college um you know i graduated and i moved to westchester and i was kind of going on the audition run like with singing just trying to get my Mm -hmm. singing career off the ground and um my farm got the opportunity to uh grow with the new york state hemp pilot research program and i thought i love the farm and it's been handed down to all the sons in the generation Mm -hmm. my brother didn't really show a lot of interest in that. And mm-hmm. so we kind of started thinking, well, if it's going to stay in the family, it needs to start working. Like yeah. it needs to start having a purpose because mm-hmm. it's been private since like probably the seventies at this point. Wow. And it's a huge undertaking. So it needs to be working. If it's working, you know what they say, if it's working, it stays cleaned up. It's mm-hmm. like, right. Right. Yep. So, so, so prior to you coming in and you got that, the license to, to grow hemp mm-hmm. um, in New York state, were you was it a vegetable garden what was it how was it being used even privately or was it just kind of overgrown and it was you know it was like it just a managed like property basically so i mean there's a lot of like lawn care that goes into it but then the fields were being outsourced to other farmers so they were renting and other farmers were like planting corn and stuff like that so it was being active Mm -hmm. but we weren't really bringing in any money on that we got like taxation cuts which was good Mm -hmm. if we're farming we get tax cuts yeah and because we have so many land so much land we're constantly trying to get tax cuts for like agriculture forestry we have 98 acres it's very expensive oh wow Yeah. yeah so and most of it is woodlands so we only have a oh so yeah you've got like a box to grow in yeah. and then you've got to like pay for the yeah. rest as well yes yeah, so if you stand wow. at the end of the driveway basically our property is a basin so we own south hill which is a huge like hill mountain forest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you look to the right and we've got um the pinnacle side which is mountain forest and then wow. at the bottom there's a couple fields where we are <laughs> that's nice because you get a lot of water runoff. we do we get oh a my lot God. of so water it, i mean it's the great. benefit there yes. is you actually have great right. soil 
soil. We do. We yeah. have that field right back next to the house is an amazing field because it's just it's constantly getting Flush. the nutrients too that it oh, brings yeah. down from. Yeah, everywhere. let's talk a little bit about agriculture and cannabis science. Yeah, yeah. I, that that's something that you and I are really interested to talk. To I Iris love about. I love agriculture and science. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get into it. You, you're more the agriculture guy. I know you have a lot of questions. I almost just want to like sit back and like watch you guys talk and like learn. Okay. okay. Well, I, yeah. I mean, well, I have I have some I have about a year's worth of cannabis growing experience from working right. in California. Okay. Um, I have some friends who are growing in Oklahoma right now, and of course, you know, like agriculture is something that's rife in the upstate area. Most people, when they think of upstate, still think of like White Plains, but yes, that it's yeah. <laughs> but we're upstate. We're proper Real upstate, upstate where farms happen. Yeah, um, farms happen. The thing that I kind of wanted to get into, like with you, is so you grow primarily hemp for CBD production. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you can you give us a basic step by step process of like what that looks like for you as sure. a farmer? Yep. So my season starts now in April, mm-hmm. and um, that's when I start like you know doing all the fertilization and getting the land ready. Plants go in usually. You know I seed them next week, and then yep. the seedlings will go in the second weekend of June. Um, and then basically, you know, they're chill for a while. I have an mm-hmm. irrigation system that I can feed them through. So it's basically that for about four to six weeks, I kind of just like let them adjust mm-hmm. because there's like a shock from going from the greenhouse to the to the ground. So you kind of have to baby them just a little bit, keep an eye on them. But then it's about like four to six weeks of just letting them chill. And um, then, yeah, my day throughout the summer and the entire season is basically like um, topping, trimming, weeding, feeding. How much trimming? Yeah, last year, well, (laughs) I was experimenting with trimming last year, and I found, this is what I found. I think a lot of farmers in New York State are going crazy with hemp, and they're just putting their seedlings in the ground, and they're growing, like, thousands of acres or hundreds of acres. And what I was experiencing last year, I did five acres my first year, and the plants were a pretty decent size, but the bud Mm -hmm. give-off was not as as luptuous as it looked like it could have been. I was like, these are big plants, but I feel like... I feel like they could be fuller, you know, that's a lot of leaf. Mm -hmm. And so last year I was experiencing, uh, we went hard on trimming and I was doing it. I was, because they get shocked again, so you have to let them recover. And by trimming, you're talking about removing leaves periodically as you're going through the growing season. Yes. And so one of the things, yeah, I'm trimming, you're removing those fan leaves, not all of them. Nope. But um, we were, you know, so it's a lot of back work and on your knees and stuff, especially (laughs) outside on the ground, basically trimming like the underskirt of the plant to Mm -hmm. encourage, it's like trees, right? Like to encourage the tree to push all of its resources and nutrients out Mm -hmm. towards the bud. Yeah. So we did that and they would, you know, be in shock. And so you feed, feed, feed. And then after like a week or two, it's time to trim again, mm-hmm. like haircut season. You're yep. just going out there. But you're going from the bottom up. Bottom up. Yep. Yeah. And so you're, you're trying the, to keep the fan leaves because there's yes. the double edged sword of like the fan leaves are taking in sunlight. Right. The so they're sugar, helping with energy production. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're helping like they're feeding that metabolism. Yeah. But at the same time, some of them got to go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the underskirt ones that were in, in the inside of the plant, we keep the outside ones because exactly. Mm-hmm 
mm-hmm. like I said, that's the way they're feeding. Mm-hmm. But then the inside ones are taking up energy. You yeah. don't need them there. And so trimming them off is almost just like also helping airflow yeah. for the plant to get air. Yep. Um, and cutting out unna- unnecessary exhaust resourcing, you know, to the rest of the plant. Yeah, out in California, we had certain strains of cannabis that would grow up really yes. tall. And then they would produce good colas, right. but not everywhere. Right. So toward the end of the season, our trimming we actually refer to as lollipopping because yes. they would end up looking that's like lollipops. Yeah. yeah, it's lollipopping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially because then that's what you want. You want the colas, yes. especially towards the top of the plant. Those are the ones that are the most rich and full of yeah. stuff and not so much on the under. So you go on, you lollipop. And yep. you just it's got that stuff follow. that you want. Right. Good yeah. stuff. The yeah, good stuff. Yeah, 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 that good, good. <laughs> that good, good stuff. Um, <laughs> wait, uh, just, just to clarify, a cola. Define a cola for That me. is the large... Most people would refer to them more commonly as buds. Oh, okay. Buds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah. like, they're real big though. Okay. Like, right. you know how like you would have that kid in high school who'd be like, yeah, I got some buds. Look at how big this nug is. <laughs> like, we're talking like 20 times that size. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. on one thing. Like, right. that kid got like a tiny share of it that would probably like, right. with some oregano in the bag at the same time. Oh, and like, sure. yeah. 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 I have a picture right on my homepage of my website. You can kind of see I'm walking in the field and like pulling one down. Yeah. It's like a huge kind of branch. Yeah. <laughs> One really cool thing that I wanted to touch on that we 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 kind of talked about. So you actually you're you have an advantage in the growing season on your farm because you have that natural runoff. You have a natural well, I'm assuming, as we well. And so you have a lot of water that you just have available yeah. and ready for those plants. You're not actually pulling from the land around you. A big problem that we're running into in California is people pulling from the land around them, yeah. drying out the land, right. and then they have these crazy forest fires, but that's right. because they, they're not using basin water and they're like people are constantly trucking in water right. for certain crops. It's crazy. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do. We do pull from. Um, we have a creek um, across the road, so we do have Even an irrigation. And yeah, and it's great. It's been um, the beavers have been extremely helpful. They've dammed it up. <laughs> so, except I have a love hate relationship with them because yeah. they the creek didn't used to be as big there, so I wouldn't have been able to pull water there maybe mm-hmm. like twenty years ago because it was pretty shallow. But they've dammed it on both sides, so I have this like big huge pile of water that yeah. i can draw from which is amazing that was kind of crazy because we had to we have to pump it under the road mm-hmm. up the side of the house to the plants and wow. so it takes a lot of horsepower from that pump but then also the beavers are great but they also chew on the pump it, yep. that's in the water they're like this is not supposed to be here i'm gonna chew on so it. so they attack it yes yeah. and so i've been having a love hate where i'm like if you guys don't stop chewing on this i'm gonna have to do something about you and oh i don't want God. to do that because you've been helpful and your dams are here yeah, yeah. but you can't be chewing on the, like a two thousand dollar <laughs> pipe so <Yep. laughs> they've given you that natural lock yeah a natural lock yeah. of like a rich resource of water and all the wow. nutrients that come from the creek you know yeah. breakdown of fish you got sand all that stuff it's going into the plants natural feeding which is really great yeah and in coffee this is something that people would want for their property as well you know a lot of coffee's tiered on hills it's on the side mm, of mountains yeah. for that reason yeah so that you get that runoff you know right. and you know coffee's obviously grown at different elevations right. um what we're talking about right now your height above sea level is not crazy no it's here. only 500 yeah i'm only 500 yeah. yeah yeah and you don't need much when you're growing cbd no. no not a lot yeah how did you um how did you learn all of these techniques and uh, understanding how irrigation works for instance like even you know as a guy who like i'm a you know i'm a self-proclaimed like plant dad because i've got like five plants that haven't <laughs> they haven't died yet upstairs and i'm like plant dad how plant dad. how do you like how do you come from the city you know doing modeling uh it, it, you you come back 
you start growing on this farm, there are so many techniques, labor concepts. How do you find all those? Is it something that you kind of like halfway absorbed through your family over time? Or is it like you learned it all immediately? Like as you were like, did you do this as a kid? Yeah. I mean, so growing up on the farm, it was just kind of, I think my work ethic started very young because I didn't have a choice. You know, there were things to do. So, um, and also I definitely, I I feel really blessed to have lived not through the age of um, technology as a child. So Mm. there, you know, we did not watch a lot of TV. We got, we got Saturday morning cartoons. And Mm. then besides that, my mom would literally kick us out of the house and would say, don't come back in inside until dinner. I just don't want you in here. And so with the farm, we, it was very important that my siblings and I had to self entertain. And it's like, they were a little bit older than me and I was always bothering them, but we all self entertained. We, you know, we had chalk and we had bubbles and we had bikes and um, basketball. And so we were just always outside working or playing. Mm -hmm. And, Starting that too, I got a job. My parents were the caretakers of the cemetery down the road, which actually used to be the land in our family uh, originally. And so my family, a couple generations back, started becoming the caretakers, and we've just caretaked for it. Um, and so I started working there when I was like thirteen. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah. So the idea of pumping water from a basin down below to you know across the road or whatever to your land that wasn't like foreign to you because to no, me I'm just, like. Wow, like no, how do you know how to do all that stuff? Well, and I didn't. And to be honest, like I got to give a huge shout out to all the other farmers who are in the area. What I do love about it is that I, I grew up as a farmhand too. I worked for like Merck Forest National Farmland Center. I worked for, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Slack Hollow in Argyle. I worked for Echo Creek in Salem. Like I've just been mm-hmm. oh, working yeah. as a farmhand, picking vegetables, washing them, mm-hmm. like packaging them. I've done that. Yeah. And I liked it because I liked being outside and I'm an active person. So I just the work ethic has been there i've just always done that and so when i came back that that work ethic was not foreign to me but i didn't have a lot of the information Mm. and so the best thing i had to just like one thing you have to do is just like swallow your pride and ask the people who know totally and so i have a couple cousins who are farmers you know there was um fat and kill creamery there's garden works um Mm -hmm. in west hebron she's my cousin too and meg uh meg sutherland and i just started asking everybody questions and they were just willing enough to give me information and advice Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing if I could tell anybody because I've seen other people with other businesses I've worked with n- want to be the one with the ego. Mm-hmm. And if you can tell yourself, like if you can check yourself and tell yourself, you don't know anything, you <laughs> Uh, don't know anything and you're not an expert go ask for help then you'll be able to soar with plenty of information and so that's basically what happened i just started asking a ton of questions and now it feels like it's just a routine it's a habit now Mm -hmm. i just know so yeah there's a lot of front end work when it comes to setting up a farm right and then a lot of that afterwards is kind of maintaining the schedule yes exactly you know making sure you're a little bit ahead of any problems you could be having right near future right i'm still like I mean, I'm still a baby farmer. There's a lot I do not know. Mm. In fact, I was just asking somebody the other day about um, nitrogen levels in the soil. And like, that's something that, yeah, yeah. that I'm like, well, you know, our our tests were positive and they were high. So how do I balance that out? And it's still every year is different. 
You got to ask a lot mm-hmm. of questions. Yeah. You got to be able to adapt with what things like soil tests give you back, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you guys grab any fish out of, this is kind of like a nerdy farm question. Do you guys grab any fish out of the creek and then use them for some of your compost? At not any really. No, no. Okay. we have, so because of the beavers and cranes, we tend yeah. to not take anything out of the creek yeah. because we like the wildlife and we have a bald eagles too. Yeah. So my dad likes to fish down there, but no, we don't take anything down there. Okay. But the pump filter is running at the bottom of the creek. It's anchored. Oh, yeah. So it's picking up silt yeah. and stuff, which is all Good rich, stuff. rich nutrients. So, yeah. and then I do have an irrigation um, mezzi feeder, so I can also um, I mix up a feed of oh, like nice. seaweed and other like composted materials, yeah. and, like a juice basically, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and feed them through that as well. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the people that I'm really interested in getting on the podcast eventually is loving our earth compost oh, because yeah. that's yeah. going to be a new industry in this I, uh, area soon. yeah, yeah. I, cool. I use loving earth compost yeah oh yeah he's got cool. the sign out outside says i heart compost i think i saw a bag that said compost for probably compost. Yeah. yeah oh yeah uh my where's this guy yeah for, yeah. Compost. for compost because coffee is a very good composting oh goal. yeah coffee's good great no okay. and apparently it's really great in soil if, if you have plants that require higher acidity in, mm-hmm. in oh, their okay. soil content mm-hmm. coffee is a, a highly acidic right. compound so mm-hmm. you can you can really I, it depends on the plant somebody told me like my bushes outside to be great but also like then there's me plant dad right <laughs> like looking like looking at my bushes going like so do I just like sprinkle some coffee on this shit? Or, like, what is, <laughs> See? You know what I mean? See? You, you've got an inkling though. You're getting yeah. there. You're, you're going to yeah. be a farmer by next year, right. man. Dude, it's, it's going to so, be great. It's so funny. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's okay. You just have to try <laughs> things out. I yeah. mean, nobody knows anything. We're going to have Fifestead coffee beds. Ooh. <laughs> Better trademark that. There we go. Fifestead coffee um, beds. So uh, one thing that oh, I really wanted we're to... We're also... I'm going to shut this off. Okay. Otherwise, that was a half hour. They're going to okay. be hard to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, right. <laughs> Actually, let's, Also, is that a coffee bean it. in front of you? Let's yes, it up. is. Let's record nice. one more time. Okay. Uh, hit record one more time because this is a really... Sure. The next question I'm about to ask is really... This it. is what I really wanted to get into. Okay. All right. Wait. Are you good? Uh, Technology's hard. Got it. <laughs> Technology's so hard. Yep. Um, all right. Chest. All right. Here's what I really wanted to like talk to you about there's one thing that i really love doing on this podcast and that we've done for ourselves and for other people is clear up misconceptions right you grow cbd i grow hemp well you okay so you grow hemp Mm -hmm. you have cbd products yes right cbd is a natural compound correct yes could you break down for our listeners um what CBD is because there are so many people who still have no idea. They're like, what do you mean? Weed? Right. Yes. Oh, well, and that's why, sorry, I corrected you, but yeah, I hate when people say you grow CBD. I'm like, I do not. I grow hemp. I can I cannot grow CBD. <laughs> CBD exists yeah. in, in the hemp that I yeah. grow. Right. Yeah. You were saying you still have a processing Yes. Place. So okay. you have to, yeah, yeah um, CBD is one of the many other, you know, cannabinoids in cannabis. And mm-hmm. I always try to explain to people who are confused when they ask about the difference, you know, hemp and, and marijuana. Um, I always try to explain, okay, it's like, it's like, it's like tigers and lions, right? Mm-hmm. They are cats. They are different cats. Yes. So it's a just, and just like apples, you have different strains of apples. You mm-hmm. have different strains of hemp and marijuana. Yes. And so um, basically when you think about marijuana, what do you think of? I, th- I think of cannabis. I think well, of THC. What's the component? Oh, THC. THC. Yeah. That's the component you think of. Tetrahydrocannabinol. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's in the spotlight. And mm-hmm. basically with cannabis, you, they have all these other cannabinoids that are 
you know, people, people aren't really focused on because we've been so focused on THC that you can manipulate the seeds of cannabis plants to create different strains to put one of those other cannabinoids in the spotlight. Yes. Mm. So to make THC take a backseat and, mm-hmm. and put something else forward. And I think that's what a lot of people aren't realizing. So that's basically what hemp is. It's genetically engineered seeds, just mm-hmm. like you would for apples and oranges and, and uh, tomatoes. You mm-hmm. have different kinds. So you have genetically engineered, engineered seeds that are putting different cannabinoids in the spotlight. Yes. So that's what CBD is. Now CBD is in the spotlight and THC is still there, but it's been genetically modified to really push those levels down. So you are not going to get those psychoactive side effects of being mm-hmm. quotation marks high. high. Right. Um, yeah. But CBD and all, all these other cannabinoids that make up the plant have different um, benefits to them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so CBD is very well known for reducing uh, anxiety and stress because Mm -hmm. it's also a natural muscle relaxer. It's uh, naturally um, great for pain and inflammation because it brings down inflammation. Mm. So a lot of people were like, oh, this will fix my pain. And it's like, well, if you have a lot of inflammation that's causing pain, yes. And so that's why it's not a one size fits all. It doesn't work for everybody the same. And it's funny because it's also one of those homeopathic remedies that people are like, it didn't work for me. Like I was taking it for anxiety and it didn't work for me, but I've never slept better in my life. I'm like, well, you're sleeping better because you're not anxious. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. people kind of don't realize that. <laughs> I'm like, you still might be anxious throughout the day with your yeah. normal like work stuff and reg- it's not going to remove anxiety. But I love... I that's the one I get the most like oh, it didn't work for anxiety but I slept so well yeah, yeah. you're sleeping better because you're not anxious like your well, brain is you know yeah, it's not like weed can actively like or not it's not like CBD can actively like just jump in when you're feeling anxious right. in an everyday scenario and be like get out of here like right. it doesn't yeah you it know I took this do product <laughs> and I didn't turn into Bob Marley so right. I'm not I'm feeling like it's probably just a <laughs> right. farce well that's yeah. what I have I have to explain constantly I'm like it's not a trend or a fad because it did help you it just yeah. probably didn't help you in the way you, that you were expecting right Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, like there's there's a lot of you were saying before, there's a lot of education so that needs much. to be done yes. going forward. Like you're constantly, constantly coming up educated. with the same question because everyone's learning right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Removing yeah. that stigma. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's what it got. It got a blanket stigma. Right. It being grouped in with, you know, these tigers got grouped in with lions for so long, right. <laughs> you know, that the stigma Until somebody just was stuck. like, wait a minute. I think these might be different cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have. Um, so curiosity from from my perspective is there are different CBD products out there. Some of them claim to have zero THC mm. is tell us a little bit about that, the, that whole, right. not only just like the marketing behind it, but actually the science. Is it truly, can you get products? Can you isolate CBD by itself, put it right. into a product and have zero THC? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me about this because I was just talking to somebody else about this the other day. You can. So there are different ways of processing, um, processing hemp Uh, basically when you do that when you're processing hemp you're extracting the plant fats and like the plant 
like liquid, basically, you would say, but mm-hmm. there's a scientific way to do that in a lab. You need very specific equipment for it. And when you're doing that, it goes through several rounds of filtering. Like when you first have the, I did a TikTok video on this. And when you first, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes out is like this plant extract. It's got fats and it's got all the cannabinoids, all the rich stuff. But then you have to remove the plant fats. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just going to become like this solid gooey thing that you don't want. It'll it. congeal. Yeah, it's congealing. Yeah. So, it goes through several rounds of removal and then past that it can go through even more removal like you have things that are full spectrum and then you have things that are isolates Mm -hmm. and so isolate means that the THC has been completely removed and this is okay and you know that that THC is such a slight 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 sliver that it's not going to get you high it's not going to psychologically impair you anyway maybe if you drank an entire bottle at once yeah Mm -hmm. you might pass out too because that's a lot of CBD and you might just hit the floor and and go to sleep like you might just sleep for like 24 hours you know Mm -hmm. so you're not going to take a whole bottle of cbd but removing that slight i have a problem with removing that slight amount of thc people who are looking for isolate products without the thc have a problem with this because you're not getting a better bang for your buck because when you remove the thc away from the cbd the benefits are not going to be um what as good as they could be mm-hmm. um, because, and this is the science part behind it, CBD and THC are almost like peanut butter and jelly. And when you remove one from the other, they don't chemi- they can't chemically react with one another. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, I, there's a little bit of a, uh, of a linkage there between that and like decaffeinated coffee. Mm-hmm. When you decaffeinate coffee, there are definitely different chemical methods to pulling the caffeine compound out of a coffee bean oh right. yeah but when you do that you're always getting you're always pulling other things with it usually mm-hmm. uh sugars and mm. and different levels of complexity right. in the flavor profile out of the coffee so that it is not as effective well not as a it's not that it's not as effective but it's certainly not um, as flavorful not as flavorful as it could be yeah. you're, right. you're pulling some of the goodness out now we're not pulling an extra chemical necessarily out that mm-hmm. that in your case you're talking about two chemicals pulling one out is making the other sort of less effective is that the yeah way? you have two cannabinoids and they react against each other with the receptors in your brain to cause effects okay so when you are removing one and even people don't even realize that but with marijuana it, marijuana has cbd in it sure it just has a, a slight amount but that slight amount um it it adds to the the benefits of thc and yeah. the reaction you get from right. it yeah so right. when you are removing um thc from cbd products products I you know I tell people I don't have people ask me like oh well I have a job and I might get tested I'm like okay well I don't have isolate products and that's not something I'm going to carry because you're going to be paying me for something that's probably not going to benefit you as well as it could be and I don't feel good about Mm. that I hate when I see isolate products on the shelves because I'm like no that's like that's like (laughs) giving me a piece of bread with just a little bit of jam on it and calling it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it's just not (laughs) correct it's people who want to have their cake and eat it too yeah like that's that's where where that demand comes from right. marketing like market right. wise yeah i um, want my cake and eating it yeah people want to have cbd products that don't have thc in them at all right yeah. Yeah. and i understand why you know you're getting tested i get it yeah. but um until that ha- changes that might not be a product that you want to look into because yeah. you can go and find isolate products you're going to be paying a lot of money for something that isn't working for you as well yeah, yeah. does it also cost more to have an isolate product 
Like, it's, I think it's, I don't actually know because I don't carry them, but I okay. think it's more of a process to extract. Right. It's a, it's another step, which the more processing that you do, the, the more, more expensive. expensive. That's, yeah. yeah, that's generally what I would have. Yeah. yeah, that's a good guess. I would yeah. guess that it's probably more expensive for a nice money, light. Right. And it's going to do less. Right. Which is, it's so many things in the health realm are like that, right? Yeah. You know, you're like, I, I want to be so specific with it that I'm going right. to spend extra money on it. And then you're not getting as much as you thought you were. And it's very confusing because yeah. you're going to, I found people who just like disagree with me too. It's crazy. And like the hemp and cannabis, like everybody thinks they're an expert, right? So I could be <laughs> saying things that are, are wrong, <laughs> yeah. but I've had people debate with me about this where I'm like, no, I feel like a, there's a lot of things about the endocannabinoid system on the internet right now. It's yes. very hot. And so if you do reading, you will find it says that that what is speculated is that. And it's not, it's not something that like, you are going to find like a confirmed answer on the internet saying like, yes, do not remove, do not do isolate, that kind yeah. of thing. Mm. But everything that I've read about the endocannabinoid system talks about isolates and how there is, there's the speculation that because they chemically react with one another, THC and CBD, mm. that when you remove one, the mm -hmm. benefits aren't as strong. Gotcha. It's a little hard to prove that right though, right? Because we're so new in this industry right now. That's so. what I was about to say. It's new science. It's well, new science. Right. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast before with another. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And so, so, yeah. we, <laughs> <That was good. laughs> so we've talked about this on the podcast with another guest. Um, we had this a uh, very long conversation. I think it was regarding like the political climate that we were slash are in. But the idea of being able to say I could be wrong, but what I understand. Oh, Devin, is we X, talked y, about Z. this, Devin. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's super important, no matter where you are, because yeah. this entire concept of like learning and growing and doing something and mm -hmm. ag acknowledging that you're not the expert. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. And neither, he always I do it every episode. I like I seriously because there it's on airplane too this time. I'm just used to doing that okay. because so many times we'll be midway through an episode, my phone will vibrate, oh, and then I and then I go like this, and I throw it because I'm like, no, I don't yeah. want to yeah. interact with you right now. Um, right. Sorry. No, no, you're okay. So uh, I think it's really I think it's really really important to look at any business venture, any growth period um, with transparency and honesty and like, yeah. like swallowing your pride. I mean, like mm -hmm. I'm really interested in this thing. I know that there are people out there. Ooh, I know that there are people out there who have been learning this, looking at this, researching this, yeah. living this a lot longer than I have oh, yeah. and being able to openly be like, I want to learn just like you said about right. learning how to farm, learning more about uh, cannabis science. Right. And I think it's so important to have the, 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 what, what is that word? It's like you have humility. Hum yeah. yeah, humbleness. You have to be humble. Yeah. I've worked with people before who have not been. And I think mm -hmm. that's when I started to really kind of realize that in 2019 when I was like in the middle of it and we were having a really terrible, we had a terrible second year. Our crop failed <gasps> our second year. No yeah, way. 8,000 plants died. What 8, happened? Did you have well, a it. pest come in or? No, no it was, oh. um, it was just, uh, it was really dry. The soil wasn't, it didn't have a lot of oxygen in it. So we had had it mm -hmm. plowed and then it was compacted by a lot of rain. And oh we, no. And then the, um, the plugs were root bound and they died all of them. So wow. that was the year that I was like, uh, you don't know what you're doing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And so I, I had to do that. You have to, you just get like a little humble humility, Jack. And you're like, you need to go learn because you don't know anything. Yeah. And you do know some stuff and mm -hmm. that's good, but you got a lot more to learn and you got to go do it. Yeah. That's well, what I, we're 
that's what we're built on yeah here yeah. for in in our business mm. is kevin said this one time and i i thought it really resonated it's like our whole kind of model especially from a social media standpoint is like we, we want to do this in like a punk rock way we're like we know that we we have a lot to learn and like everybody out there on the internet like you get to like watch us fishbowl style learn how yeah. to run a business yeah, yeah. two That's dudes it. who don't know what they're doing right? yeah figuring, we're figuring it out, out. yep a lot of people like that too because it's authentic and transparent. You know, I'm also yeah. trying to do that and it's been kind of hard with TikTok because some people are so invested with the deed series that I'm just like, okay, but I do all these other things. Yeah. And so yeah. that's kind of what I do, try to do on Instagram of like, okay, this is the process and you get people who are invested and who are going to stick around. But yeah, I think people do like watching the story of how a business is made. Yeah. Like how yeah. people see that one to two top percent and you're like, oh, and you're like, but I was over here for mm -hmm. a really long time struggling yeah. and there was a process to how I got where I am. Yeah, you know? I can't tell you how many times someone cites a uh, like now successful business and they're like, they were on Shark Tank. And I'm like, Ugh. all right, cool. All right. So you saw them after they already had a following, already got accepted by right. a TV show, pretty much knew that their product was going to be Good. accepted by someone else. Right, yeah, exactly. like, like Shark yeah. Tank is kind of like, it's a curated experience for people to feel good about right. entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Shark Tank for that reason. Same. Have you guys ever listened to how I how i built this though the podcast yes i've heard of it i have not listened to it i would it's strongly good. recommend it because it's, it's also good. just gonna like help your soul too you listen to people who are super successful and you're like oh you were you can i swear on here totally yeah you were so fucked for so long yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you almost like lost your house yeah. should have probably been in prison like on the run fucked and yeah. then overnight something happened and it's just it kind of goes like that right and, and you've seen all of the the classic um entrepreneurial like you know sort of um inspirational yeah. photos that are like you know oprah got yep. denied until she was 30 something and, yep. and you know all of these all of the people that we associate with success right were fucked for a, yeah, long, for a time. long time yeah yeah i love the um I love the story about um, Sarah J.K. Rowling. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, that too. Yes, I love her story. But Although I love she's the story. Now. She's wait, canceled. Wait, wait, she's wait. canceled now. She's <laughs> canceled. Time for another story. Another yeah. for another time. But yes, I love Sarah Bentley, who is the owner of Spanx, oh. because she owns oh. first of all one hundred percent of her equity. Whoa! Yeah, very cool. She started Spanx, and she wasn't. I wouldn't say she was like fucked, but she was just. She was like. She was really grinding for a while mm -hmm. and she had to do the dirty work of basically going door to door, looking up phone numbers in, in the yellow pages, like really annoying people, like kind of being like, she admits it on the podcast. I was like a little bit of a stalker for a bit there. Like she was doing yeah. the, uh, you call it like embarrassing work yeah. of, of like, I have something I know is really good mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go be embarrassed because I need to get it out there and mm -hmm. that's like annoying people and calling people Ugh. she made she made the per person from like Newman I forget some major store Newman and Marcus or some major store she like made the salesperson that she was talking to she had like a five minute meeting and they only had five minutes mm -hmm. and she was like okay just go to the bathroom I need you to put the Spanx on oh and the person was like what and she was like get yeah, let's just go to the bathroom just put them on <laughs> put them on and yeah. then she put them on and she was like oh and she was like yeah and then yeah <laughs> but then she's crazy she had like two oh um, my god they put her product in the wrong part of the store so uh, she dressed up like an employee no because they wouldn't move it and she went and put and them in the it. and moved it i mean Whoa. the embarrassing work i haven't god listened damn. to that episode you got to it's so oh good. my god that that really makes me like it, that that gives me a little bit of like 
I mean, hope, but also it, it really kicks my ass because like I have a hard time even reaching out to like friends or family or just people oh, like hard. that I know and be like, mm -hmm. hey, look, like I got a couple extra bags of coffee. It's really, really good. Uh, I want to make sure this coffee gets out like in, into people's hands. Yeah. You need some coffee. I feel like bad because you I'm do. not a yeah. salesman. There's at like heart. shame to it for a sure. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because you just want in this internet age, you just want people to like love your brand and be hyped about whatever you're selling and right. just have you be like, hey, I get, you know, like put out one story, be like, coffee's for sale. And then boom, it's gone. Yeah. You know, right. that's the ideal, but that's not how it works. Well, especially yeah. at first. I've, yeah. I've got a good analogy for this too. You know, you know what it's like because we're. I was gonna say we're kind of in that phase where we have to we have to be embarrassed now. Like yeah. we have yeah. to go through that. We're at that point. I don't. Right. Are you at that point? I. I you feel like you're kind of. I'm point? still there. Yeah. Before the TikTok series, I was very much there, and my investor John is like constantly would be on the phone with me like once a week, being like. You, ha you have to remove that layer. You have to get over it. Yep. Because I was doing the same thing. You don't want to be the person that's bothering your friends and family. You don't want to be that person that's like always knocking on your door that you're just like, I wish would go away. You don't want to be that person, but you have to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really have to be. And yeah. so I am still there because, you know, the the stuff on TikTok, all that stuff is helping. Mm -hmm. And people are starting to come to me, which is good. But I still, like I said, I was having emails where I was sending once a week. And I was like, I know you're seeing these emails. Mm -hmm. I know I'm bothering you. I don't you have to not yeah care yeah and yeah you have to be adamant about following up you know part of my whiteboard thing is that i have a list of people where i'm like time to email the ghost that never emails me back you know like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to do did it did the medium track that ghost down for you yet? i know no, she did, did. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how all my problems would be solved but no you're just gonna have constantly people who are not interested in you and you have to be annoying and yeah. the, how i built this podcast why i love it is because everybody has this phase yeah you feel guilty and you feel like almost ashamed and my investor john would tell you like you have to remove that layer mm. you have to you have to find a way to get it in a separate part of your brain to yeah. tell yourself like i have to do this this is part of it yeah well and i don't i can't speak much for like the future but i can say that there there are experiences too where you feel like you've overcome that phase because mm -hmm. you do really well for a little bit right yeah. but it's almost like being like you know how you'll get on a roller coaster and then you go up, yep. right? And it's like the click, click, and you're like, oh my God, can we just get up to the top? Right. And then it releases you and you're right. like, well, all right, cool, great. Yeah. But every every once in a while, you're on a roller coaster where like you come to a second spot oh, yeah. where it slows down and it's like, click, click, click. And you're yep. like, wait, what? Again? We're yeah. doing this again? Like, oh, yeah. that's what it's like as yeah. like as a, as a an entrepreneur. Like, you'll hit that point. You're like, wait, I know I already did that. Right. No, we were riding, man. We were coasting. Oh, like, it, it's a wave. Yeah. I mean, that's where I am right now. But like in the end of 2019, I was on CNN and New York Times when I was here yeah. and then for all of 2019 and 2020 because of the pandemic and no interaction with anybody I was way down here I'm so glad you're doing the roller coaster <laughs> yes. with your hand right yeah. now yes it good is. analogy it's a wave and yeah. it comes in it comes in waves and then you have the top one and yeah. I know I'm having like a five minutes of fame here thing but I will go back down to being having to talk to people to be like I have products and they're like cool I don't care yeah. <laughs> right. they're like cool did you find the deed yeah that is what's happening right now <laughs> People are like, you have products, but what about the deed? I'm like, ah. You're like, no, buy the products and I then know. I'll tell you. Let me tell you about my products. Just make make a Patreon and make one of the gates. I'll tell you about the deed if you buy so much. <laughs> if you, if you, you donate enough you. to my Patreon, I'll tell you about the deed. Right, exactly. What, yeah, quickly, what are your thoughts on <laughs> Patreon and or like... Like the alternative means for creators and businesses to like engage with their community. So like I'm thinking, yeah, Patreon. I'm thinking Discord. What you know? is Patreon? I'm not even for sure. For real? 
Whoa. Oh, shit. All right. So Patreon is... It's it, something, first off, I think you would benefit from. Okay. As, as someone who... Let me, can, good, good. You can explain it. But as someone who creates the content that you create, naturally, like like we said before, you don't live on a plot of land. You live on a plot device, right? Right. Patreon would definitely be beneficial for you. Yeah. Matt, explain okay. Patreon. Yeah. Okay. So, so like high level Patreon is a platform for creators where you, you, you know, you sign up and you offer you you basically give people who have like personal investments in your business or your like creator world to to fund you and your creative ventures so like there are tiers of like their your people are called patrons and what they do is they pay you a monthly uh fee subscription, it's like $5 pretty much yeah yeah it's a subscription anywhere from a dollar like, to 20 30 some people have tiers that go all the way up to 180 yeah and so for each tier you get like you give people like exclusive access to maybe like extra content or you like link you know maybe like a a, uh you link up with them on discord or some sort of like messaging you know group messaging service yeah here's a really good example yeah i am a patron of coffee people scene of cat melheim okay right so i pay 15 bucks a month Uh and that is my coffee people zine subscription but the tiers below that are you don't get like a physical copy of the magazine you get like the digital copy for 10 bucks right Mm. but and then you get like you know some updates on patreon you can see some of the stuff as it's going on she'll send like special videos out Mm -hmm. every now and then so everybody gets all that the people who are just donating a dollar maybe get some special videos but like no digital copy of the magazine they still to buy that okay. but they they can feel good because they're pitching in a dollar to the thing that they believe in yeah ah. me i'm like i get a physical copy of the magazine which i've wanted anyway since we right. first had her on the podcast and i was like oh but this goes more d- i asked her when she was on here i said hey what's the best way for me to subscribe to your magazine she said patreon and i was like okay cool interesting yeah so like for you you would be like oh for you know 15 bucks like you know maybe you get like a cbd joint or something you know like okay. like you get one of the cbd pre-rolls and but, then, uh, i think a lot of the value though comes in well, like personal yeah. interaction with that creator or, or person yeah so mm-hmm. like like here uh, an example would be um i'm a patron of james hoffman who's a coffee uh he's a coffee content creator he's a coffee entrepreneur he's like if you're in coffee you know james hoffman he's like okay. the guy right right and what that allows him to do is he's got a whole youtube channel where he reviews products and instead of those businesses sending him the products for free he's able to use the money that people on patreon pay him to buy those products himself and, and then he them. gives those products away to his patrons yeah when he's done um i'm in his personal like discord with a bunch of people so a bunch of coffee oh, people are all chatting yeah. together and they get to chat directly with james hoffman that's cool okay it's yeah so you i mean look into it i think it'd be really cool I think that for would you. be cool yeah it sounds yeah. good i i have a, i have people who are saying they want to know like be friends with me and know me and i'm like i can't do that on tiktok because i only get a minute like yeah. i can't i feel like i can't talk dude to people patreon and discord yeah create a, they're create your best discord, friends for that, yeah for sure. a little discord server where mm-hmm. everybody can get on which and, you and just did I just did you one for us. You literally just yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah and it, this one's free, right? People can just yeah. jump on and join, but then you can create like private channels on the server mm-hmm. that like, you know, only subscribers get to be on and they get like more in direct okay. engagement with you. Yep. Mm. It's really cool. There's a lot of opportunity there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We need to also make a Patreon, I think, because we we, do. there's a way for us to 
also navigate that, those waters? I think coming into 2021, 2022 area, there's definitely ways that we can now create one a little bit better. Yeah, I think it, when we first founded this, it was it would have been way harder I, to yeah. do Patreon and figure out like what's of value yet. But now that right. we have an identity, we can right. do it. Yeah. yeah, that's very important. Right, yeah. you what, need that y- identity. One thing Huge. I'm noticing is in entrepreneurship, you have ideas just ad nauseum i could do this i could do that i could Mm. try this and you have to like pick three try them see what doesn't work kill that off you know what i mean try another thing murder (laughs) it you know (laughs) television show we kill off those characters (laughs) yeah Yeah, you can't try it all at once right um iris rogers let's talk really quick about what's in your mug oh yeah what coffee oh, are you drinking today? and how do you like no, it do you like your coffee <laughs> i think i forget the name that's I'm okay so, I'm no, no 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 it's all good okay. that that was a that was a setup it was yeah. something about a banana uh no oh, we were talking no. about guava banana. Oh, okay. i wish it was the guava banana Me too. i'll tell you what you know what we're gonna do huh? we're gonna send her home with some guava banana oh, I, oh yeah love congratulations some, oh, great i'm so yeah. excited it's underneath your prize. seat no. <laughs> that's great um, we're oprah we're oprah hey i love free coffee what you have um for, let's do it this way. What does that taste like to you? That coffee. Um, and you don't have to be an expert. No yeah, wrong like, answer. What is it? No wrong answer. It could also be a memory or. Yeah, we're not gonna hit you with a buzzer sound at any point. Eh. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I'm a big craft brewery person. Okay. So I I uh, I think I'm pretty basic in the coffee world. So you'll have to forgive me. But in no, a craft good. brewery world, it reminds me of a sour. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Solid. All right. Yeah. That's that lime Thank that God. you're picking oh up on. There's a there's a citric acid content. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a couple different acids in there, right? Okay. And they end up emulating the flavor of lime, okay. which is very sour yes. it makes you pucker a little bit right and this is los yoyos uh it is roasted by ron greco of okay. stacks it's actually we got the background right here, right? Oh, nice. it is the yeah, yeah it's from oh, honduras right it's eulogio martinez yeah Ooh. oh yeah eulogio martinez yeah Ulo- so, yeah so, so the my very basic understanding of this story is that this guy um he has a farm in honduras i mm-hmm. think it's honduras right uh should say it on there maybe i think so oh i'm sorry it's uh yeah honduras okay yeah, yeah. It's, it's from santa barbara yeah santa barbara mm. honduras um the this farm specifically uh the, there's i i have to understand better nice yeah i have to understand i like the adventure thing too i don't mean to cut yeah off, but yeah it says um comforting adventurous because i took yeah. a sip and i was like oh this is bold yeah, yeah. it's different yeah. right it's unique mm-hmm. yeah actually i i prefer that as well we we did something like that on our bag instead of saying like dark and light we said like sunrise hikes no, 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 the, the the scale. Oh, it traditional, says traditional, modern. Yep, traditional. Yeah. Modern. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my my baseline understanding of that coffee is that it won the Cup of Excellence Award in 2015. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool, Ron, I guess. Ron actually sent me home with a sample of this um, in December when we were. Because we were picking out what we were going to have in our holiday packs, and right. this, this we ended up do, going with the Banco Gotiti, yes. which was, mm. I mean, still, it's a banger. It's yep. a banger. I'll tell you guys, I never drink black coffee anymore, just plain without cream or sugar, because um, I, I did that in modeling, and I hated it. I was like, I hated drinking <gasps> black coffee because I couldn't really? have cream or sugar. Sure, yeah. And then and we so handed you black coffee. You did, but I don't hate it. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, I'm All like, right. I'm like, oh. 
I could drink this without cream or sugar. And I was like, that's kind of a big deal because I never drink coffee. I have this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to include this, but I have this whole thing about sugar in my coffee because my most recent relationship I got broken up with because I put too much sugar in my coffee. The guy broke up with me because of that. That Who is this man? He's local. He's from Saratoga. Let's find (laughs) it. We're serious about coffee. (laughs) We're serious about coffee, but we wouldn't do that. I know. And I was like, I put put like two small spoonsfuls and I was like, so then, so then I, I felt compelled to stop putting sugar in my coffee. And then I was like, no, never. And I started putting so much just to spite. Oh, but, wow. so now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh, wait, I could drink this coffee without cream or sugar. And that makes me really so happy. So you're saying had you met us first, you'd still be in this relationship. Oh, With this guy uh, who doesn't deserve you, obviously. Would that be good or bad? Disgust. Bad. It's bad. Disgust. It's Disgust. Bad. It's bad. I think yeah. it was a, a bullet dodged for sure. <laughs> well, I think that's, yeah, that's a big red flag. Yeah, big red flag. Dude's breaking up with people because of two spoonfuls of sugar? Yeah. Sorry, it was, man. It was very confusing. But then he drinks Keurig coffee. I still love her. Oh, yeah. Mike. See? Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, no. That's it was, a good man it right was, there. That's a good man. That's a relationship. <laughs> that's love right Look there. Look at his, He's like, yeah, that's, that's what That's love. Man. That's yeah, marriage. I'll, I'll you accept people for how they are. And uh, I was like, I can't be with somebody who is going to not accept that I like sugar in my coffee. So yeah, it's a good thing you're dumping me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this real quick. Co- a couple of really cool things. Matt is like Matt. He's obviously married, you know, loving husband. But Matt is like. Kenzie's really lucky. He's like the modern, like awesome guy. Find like he's like he's like he he can be like effeminate and be okay with it. Yep. He can have some emotions. Like he's very oh, loving love and caring. He's all about being open and mm-hmm. like explaining things to each other and being like accepting of that. Communication. You know, hey, yeah. This. What else you got? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Tell me yeah. how great I yeah, am. Yeah, no, he loves his dog. Like, it, yeah. Right. yeah, no, no he's, I, I, he's a loving guy and he's not afraid to be a loving guy. And yeah. I think that's a big step for men in World maturity that we're learning. That. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, my only response, other than thank you, you're welcome, um, <laughs> is I, yeah, I, I've always been a more feminine man in terms of that funny scale that we have of this toxic mm-hmm. masculinity scale mm-hmm. where like men have to be like, Oh, I don't have feelings and I'm, you know, this, I've always yeah. just been like very open with how I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm very yeah. in touch with my emotions. I am, uh, I connect with women very, yeah. very easily. And, and sometimes with men, especially like more masculine men, I like, you I just I don't, have empathy. Empathy. I think that's really what it is. It's so funny that we think of empathy as being like a feminine thing. Empathy is like a necessary thing. Yeah, (laughs) totally not. I know. It's it's fine. It's the society, the terms. Yeah. So you dodged a bullet recently. I did. I did. I did. And I'm sitting here like, oh, I don't. You know, I can have sugar in my coffee, but I guess I don't need it. It's great. (laughs) On on a future Instagram post, just hashtag black coffee. Black. (laughs) Just say like, and then when he sees it, he'll be like, oh no, he's definitely. I've thrown out a few. (laughs) Oh, have you? I have. Yeah, a little shade yeah. because it was like this whole thing it was couple post relationship taylor swift style jabs i do yeah. I, I leave i leave easter eggs sometimes i never am like I'm oh gonna, yeah i'm never gonna ruin your life or anything but but you, you know break up with me for sugar in my coffee that deserves a little bit of a poke a little so. bit <laughs> oh yeah thoughts on the hey what's your jam this week oh let's get it let's Thought- ask iris you went to school for music yes oh my god God, what's your jam? What are you listening to right oh now? Oh my gosh, what am I listening to? Okay, well, I have to be honest. Um, I'm on like a f- 
I'm like on a 60 miles an hour thing right now. Mm. I've, I'm just like, I'm tired. And I'm exhausted and I need music that's going to make me going. Yeah. And so I'm like packaging orders and I'm making bath bombs and I'm like doing all these things. And I also have to like go home and like brush my hair and my teeth and like actually take care of myself. And so I'm listening constantly to the Hamilton soundtrack. Because oh, yeah. It, it just like it's background and it makes me go. And then occasionally I'll sing to it. So it, it like breaks up the day for me. You just but want that shot. I do. I, I'm not throwing <laughs> away my shot. And I'm like, we're like in my office. I'm like, yes 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 like dancing oh, yeah. and stuff you know so what? i saw you you posted something with like the the sisters yes so, yeah uh, yeah the skylar sisters oh the skylar yeah. sisters yep we Class. love it have you seen hamilton yet no you would like it oh you'd love it so good so good on my so, list yes i live i live on that soundtrack throughout the day but then when i'm kind of coming down and like just jamming or if i go for a run i i'm big into maggie rogers I okay love yeah i love her um i am a, a secret billy eilish fan i occasionally like secret. she gets me going it's not a secret yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're out it's out yeah it's out it's out <laughs> okay um i also love phoebe bridges but then i'm yes phoebe bridges oh the heart she's like yeah i <laughs> fucking love that's, her i love that's her artist of 2021 yeah. phoebe yeah. love phoebe bridges Puni- oh my god dude punisher ruined me oh <laughs> ruined i know me. she I'm really so is glad. like i have to map out a day one day a month to listen to phoebe bridges drink wine and cry in the bathtub just totally. because i just need to yeah. i'm not even sad i just have to do it because yeah. her, her songs are so emotional i'm like so driving good. to work in the rain it's like, when the speed oh kicks in. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my. go to the store speaking of nothing. empathy nothing, yeah. speaking of empathy yeah that, for that's, real. A, that's an empathic yeah. listen it, it yeah. really is yeah. that's what I mean you can't like you can't not have emotion listening to her yeah. but I'm gonna take the opportunity to throw out some of my friends names I'm also a huge huge listener of Ava Ray Heatley she's mm-hmm. amazing I went to college with her and she has a couple bangers that I've used in some of my TikTok videos okay. I saw that um, um, yep, Sarah Dunellen. I also love her music. Yo, Sarah yes, Dunellen. Sarah Dunellen. Is, she's she's so- her her voice and her music. She's so talented, and so I really like to listen to her when I'm trying to like calm down. Mm. Like I am like trying to like chill. And Ava's got a couple bangers, so I always turn her like Grin and Barrett is mm-hmm. just about like fighting through it and like. And yeah. I love Grin and Barrett, and I listen to Daryl Ron a lot, who I also went to college with, and he's more acoustic. So nice. I kind of put that on if I'm like doing laundry at home. Like he's a different mood. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm a big advocate for my friends I went to college for, but I try to listen to them as much as possible too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that's what I'm listening to nice Maddie what you got well uh, just so you know Phoebe Kev no. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know yeah Sarah Dan mm-hmm. is one of Kenzie's best friends yes oh yeah. sick and she was my roommate in college oh no, shit what? yeah we lived together oh wow. my god she's we're about ch- to go upstairs and you and Kenzie are about to become friends oh, just yeah. so you know I heard her moving she, I heard she, she's here yeah. I, I said to Kenzie the other day I'm like yeah we're talking to this girl Iris she like blew up on TikTok or something she's like yeah I know I Iris. know her like, yes we've oh, met yeah. awesome yeah and Sarah was in uh, the wedding right she was yeah. 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 yeah she was she was in our wedding yep. Kenzie's yeah. like you're not the only cool one you're in this relationship cool <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I love Sarah Don. Um we were fr- we were roommates in college and that's kind of how I kind of connected I was like in the opera program and yeah. then I got kind of like adopted into this song this group of songwriting yeah composition yeah. friends that I yeah. was like I'm gonna like the, be- the best kind of friends here. to be oh, they, yeah. are the they best always friends. have shows going on so you always have something to do yeah. and uh, I just loved going to all their shows and I love supporting them and it's very cool also for me to see their progression of music of like what they were writing in college and now that we're out and we're experiencing new things like what they're writing about mm-hmm. because it's also relatable like yeah. what they're yeah. writing about I'm going through so I'm like oh, I feel you yeah, like. <laughs> I can't believe so many people are having breakups over sugar that's oh great. my god! <laughs> I asked so Ava. I asked 
my best friend. I was like, can you please write a song about that? Please, yeah. please, please. Or at so least maybe throw she'll do it, it in. Yeah, maybe yeah. she'll do it. I was too sweet for you. You knew it. That's and a good you line. Knew it. Right there. Yeah, too much sugar. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's so many ways you can go with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, she has yep. some good ones. She has this song called All These Boys. And it was All These Boys. boys. Yeah, Whoa. it's so good. It's called All These Boys. And it was basically about the same thing of like we went through a period where like we were both getting dumped for things of like what other men expected us to be. And we were not meeting expectations. And yeah. we kept what? just getting breaking up with, broken up with, broken up with. And she wrote All These Boys. And I was like, I love this song because I would have we would have these guys telling us like what's going on with you and like what's happening with you and what I think about you mm. and me and Ava would be like okay but I'm saying to you and I'm speaking to you yeah. this and you're telling me that's not how I feel dude I was stuck in that trap as a man uh -huh. I really when I was a boy right like at like high school college I was that guy Did I you was do that? like I was like you're crazy you're acting crazy you're, yeah mm. I was totally that guy and I was in a toxic relationship and you know what now that I'm like pushing 30 I can say I was also a large part of that toxicity it wasn't yeah. just one way whoa wow. maturity okay. personal whoa. growth snaps. personal growth for personal growth <laughs> All right, what's your jam? Yeah. My, all right, my jam. I, I hope I'm not stealing this from you because you sent this to me and Matthew, but uh, what is it? Nico Walters. Oh, Escape. yeah. Uh, that yeah. was a bop, dude. I like so good. I love a good bop for TikTok. We will send you send it to these me. bops. Okay. Yeah, you will love them. Kevin will send me a record a week at minimum, and sometimes I ignore it. Oftentimes, I don't. If mm -hmm. I do ignore it, it's a mistake because it's usually a bop. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've introduced me to some of my favorite records. Well, of all I sent time. you that because it's like very similar to like you know Mac DeMarco, yeah, that, that vein of music. Right. You yeah. I think you're the person that sent me Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. I did. Yeah. Oh. Very yeah. very early on this year, I listened to that album. Was like, like I'll, here's the thing. <laughs> I love That's all music. Emotional reaction. <laughs> yeah, I love all music and yeah. like and and I'm really into it. Right. And and then I'll hear things and I'll think of people and right. I'll just send it to them i'm yep. just like this is for you <laughs> like it's not it's not gonna be in my permanent rotation but right. i know it's in yours yeah you know exactly. like yeah like i'm i'm like i'm my own radio dj i'm just sending people the songs that are dedicated to I'm me a good I'm like, friend yeah. too i love it when people send yeah. me music so so you like nico walters now yeah really okay great. So and you like escape jam. yeah that song mm -hmm. that record or that song because that's the yeah that's the title yeah the track. record's great though yeah the record's dope front to back okay cool Ooh. um anything else that you want to throw in um, on that because we got a podcast oh yeah excuse me I'm eating a, I'm eating a bagel on the bagel. podcast <laughs> um I'm listening to um that podcast that Barack Obama and uh, Bruce Springsteen born did. in the USA whoa yeah Renegades, uh, Renegades. born in the USA that yep. sounds cool it's Super real cool okay. I mean come on President Barack yeah. Obama's got a podcast yeah. and yeah. he's talking to the boss the, the boss. boss right the, the ex-boss is talking the to the boss, boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I still am like Barack is the boss I know <laughs> oh we miss him yeah we do we, we miss him. him we do we yeah. miss him um yeah my gym is actually okay so you you've got Nico Walters the Escape because I sent it to you, but the reason I sent that to you is because Nico Walters just released another version of Not My Neighbor with oh. one of my favorite modern singers, Kiana Lede, who's so good. She's so good. Okay. And like the songwriting, I I don't know if you saw me and Natalie Carr were like nerding out about I, the songwriting I jump in, that chat in that every song. Once in a while and okay. I'm like, 
You guys are buddies. Yeah. Na- so we have a songwriter friend named Natalie, okay. who's also blowing up right now. Kinda she just did up. a huge thing with cookies. You know, cookies from California. They're the largest uh, weed dispensary slash producer in California. Okay. She did a live thing with them that had like 1.2 million viewers. Love. We're just surrounded by people who are infinitely more famous than us. That's what we do That's in, in our lives do. now. Yeah. We just we surround ourselves with more famous people and we go, hey, let's talk. Hey, um, let's talk. <laughs> no, hey, but that's uh, not a bad thing. Yeah, we were nerding out about the songwriting because it's so. I haven't heard. I've been into metal a mm. lot because like the it's it's spring. I'm moving. I'm going on like these like eight mile, ten mile runs. Okay, and I love metal for that. Like okay. I'm an old school metalhead. Not normal, and, by the way. No, <laughs> very yeah. But like I'll I'll be listening to a lot of like really chaotic music and really enjoying it, but okay. like at peace with it. And then this song came on. And it's it's called Not My Neighbor, and it's very simple production. Like the guitar is super smooth, just a little bit of a funky bass line, mm-hmm. and then there's these really cool accents from steel drum samples mm-hmm. that are just like they just hit at like the right moment, and it tells a proper story of a guy who's like obviously robbed a place, and then like his his like lover is telling the cops like he's not my neighbor anymore you know and like so like there's a cover-up going on and the original song is really cool in its own like in its own right Mm -hmm. but then when kiana lede comes in she tells like the female perspective on the story Mm -hmm. and she has a sick line she just says because every guy that's a criminal needs someone on the inside and i was like when that line hit i was like i got chills i was like like, this song took on a whole other level oh my gosh i love it that's my jam this week but speaking of breakup songs and guys who need to talk about themselves natalie carr i'm gonna throw this in here has a really great breakup song called Let's Talk About You. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Ooh, that sounds like I need to listen to that and appropriate. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Let's Talk About You. I love that. Yeah, man. I have to listen to that. Iris, where can people find you? Where can people find me? Um, everywhere. Right everywhere. Now. everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on um, obviously TikTok. That is just like going wild. I'm like trying not to look at it because occasionally like I'll have lulls and now it's it's like growing again. So I think yeah. we're at like 370 right now, thousand followers, which is just wild. Ooh, holy I know, shit! It's just blew up. Crazy. It blew up. So you can find me there, but you can't really mm-hmm. talk to me there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, more personal interaction is definitely on my Homestead Hemp. 1787 Instagram account so I have a lot mm-hmm. of people like trying to reach out and requests and I, I try to do a good job of like answering people and actually connecting with them there mm-hmm. you can also find me on um, on Facebook same thing Homestead Hemp 1787 I have a page give us a like and if you have questions about cbd um i generally answer those over instagram or facebook Mm. and you can also go to my website homesteadhemp1787.com and shoot me an email and a lot of people have been doing that because they're new to cbd and they have questions so um you can always shoot me an email and i will talk back to with you to see you know what you're trying to accomplish and what would fit you best ask her questions ask me questions please yeah ask the experts yes Yes. i don't know if i'm an expert but I can well, at least, you know. Ask people who have more expertise <laughs> yes, than you have. than you have. Yes, exactly. I can definitely help with that. So, awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, Matt, where can people find us. you? Where can people find me? <laughs> uh, pet my dog, being plant dad at Five Highgate Road. That's great. Uh, <laughs> they're going to find you on TikTok because I'm going to take the deed from your house and go hide oh it in a milk God. can on her property. You know what? <laughs> I'm like waiting for somebody to start copying me because so many people are like, oh, I'm going to start a scavenger hunt for my future generations. I think I might have started a new trend that might go <gasps> no. 30 years from now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever the, like, the social media is in 30 years. People, yeah. Yeah, people, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Well, you see, my great-grandmother saw this on TikTok, and now we're doing a scavenger hunt. Yeah, exactly. Do we think TikTok will be in history books? Absolutely. I think it will Absolutely. Be. It's really changed the face of social media platform. Like if you want to get into it, like other, other Instagram and Facebook are having a hard time keeping up with it because yeah. it's just yeah. so, it's incredible. I mean, I went from 75 followers to 200,000 in two weeks. Yeah. Did you wow. see, did you see Instagram just added the remixes this oh, week? Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, we do remixes now. It's like, okay, TikTok. Yeah. yeah. They're trying. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. Yeah. It's crazy. I hate Facebook. Funny. I hate Facebook. So too. dead. I'm not on it. Oh, got rid of it. I ditched it harder than I ditched MySpace. Okay. Like just yeah. gone. gone. I was like, yeah, I woke up one day and was like, nope, we're done. We're done. Yep. Yeah. And I've like, I'm, I highly encourage people to follow suit because yeah. it's just like, it's full of bots now. It's, it's really body. bad. And like as much as Facebook, like it's so bad. Facebook has an ad campaign about how Facebook isn't that bad. <laughs> That's their ad campaign yeah, right now. It's like, it like, it's like, we oh. care about our security. It's like, obviously you're you having don't. security issues. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a graveyard. I'm, I'm hardly yeah. on my personal one. Like I'll no, post updates, yeah. but yeah, I'm not it's really done. on it too much. Catch us on TikTok and the gram, which is owned by Facebook. Right. Which is owned by <laughs> Facebook. Yep. Thanks Zuck. Yep. Thanks, Zuck. I know. Any final words? Just thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I thank was you for coming. Him, it was very nice to actually talk because on TikTok I only get a minute, so I feel like I've I've had this like minute cage around me, and it feels very nice to uh, speak. Well, so we, thank yeah. you. We just did a full hour and a half. <laughs> yes, so it feels so good. That. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Bye. Peace. Peace.